Hello everyone and welcome to episode 64 of Competitive Magic with the Carnies. I'm your host from Italy, Andrea Mengucci, and joining me we have as always Javier Dominguez from Spain. Hello everyone. And Anthony Lee from Australia. Hola. Okay, the Carnies are back together and this episode is going to be a special one. It's our ear in review episode. We're going to go over memory lane, what happened in 2023, we had a fantastic year for the Carnies with multiple Pro Tours Top 8 by Javier <laughs> and a Worlds uh, Top 8 by Anthony. And uh, overall, it's just a great, uh, a great year uh, all around, even in, uh, you know, personal stuff, content creation and everything from my side of you. Um, the, we're going to answer, I'm going to ask four questions. And we're going to get uh, each probably different answers. Maybe not. We will see. And the questions will be favorite card, best deck we played, best memory. And finally, what to improve for the year 2024, which is beginning in very few days. So, yeah, uh, this is how we're going to we're going to go. Do, do you guys like this plan? Sounds good to me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a good plan. Also, it's been a good year. I mean, remember where we were one year ago we were like i think it was me and anthony qualified for one pt and you were not qualified to anything and suddenly we played like multiple events and for the next pt we're all three qualified and that's i think that it's been definitely a very good year in terms of magic you kind of break yeah, up, in right? terms of uh <laughs> <laughs> that was great as for sure uh, yeah we also had of course anthony winning i didn't say that winning the the first uh, regional championship. I guess that was last that was year. Last year. Yeah. It was 2022. Mm -hmm. It was at the end of the yeah. last year, yeah. Okay. That's correct. But definitely a fantastic year gameplay-wise with uh, some uh, very important domination in various tournaments. That uh, we're going to try to kind of go over today. Maybe we can even kind of like go over the, the four main events that happened, right? Pro Tour New Phyrexia, Pro Tour March of the Machine, Pro Tour Lords of the Ring, and finally the Worlds in uh, Las Vegas. Uh, but yeah, let's kick things off with the goals that, you know, we set at the beginning. Favorite card. So... I guess I'm going to go first as a host of this podcast, mm -hmm. and I'm going to choose my, uh, not my pet card, but definitely a card that I discovered and I was super happy uh, to play in this particular event at LMS Sofia, which is, you know, not as big deal as the Pro Tours or anything like that, but discovering Questing Druid and bringing it to Modern has definitely been one of my greatest achievements of the brewing in 2023, because, you know, I, as everyone in Magic, love to brew, but uh, I don't do it quite often, and and it was super fun to come up with uh, with this card in a deck that was, you know, completely uh, discarded by everyone, the Blue Red Merktide. Uh, but yeah, thanks to Questing Druid, I was able to fight through the scam matchups, and just overall, it was a fantastic... It's just so fun when you play a card and your opponent doesn't know what it is, <laughs> and you have to explain what it does, and they often don't counter it, and you resolve this thing, you gain huge card advantage, and you win the game because of that. And this is definitely something that, you know, we don't get to enjoy too often in competitive magic, because almost everyone knows your cards nowadays. So, yeah, it was definitely a super cool experience, and, uh, yeah, I also remember Anthony talking about this card for standard testing, right? Uh, yeah, we did, yeah, we did. 
It was a. Uh, it has a lot of potential. Gr- you know, it hasn't. It hasn't quite broken out yet. It does see a little bit of play. It hasn't broken out yet, but you know, it's got some time, especially with the longer rotations. I'd be very surprised if I didn't end up casting this card a bunch. Yeah, and uh, this card also sees a lot of play. Legacy. I remember Javier trying this card actually before I played it in modern, and uh, so yeah, super happy to find out about this card. It's definitely my favorite card of twenty twenty three. All right, what about you guys? Continue. Uh, okay, I guess I'm next then, um, because that's the order we have in our Discord call. So <laughs> let's go with that. Um, I guess yeah, my favorite card would be Chandra Hope's Beacon. I think. And for me, I would also like really connect that to a specific tournament, which was uh, Pro Tour March of the Machine in Minneapolis. So, yeah, I mean, Chandra itself is like just a really fun card. It, it hasn't really been the case that Planeswalkers, or especially expensive Planeswalkers, have been very good for a long time, and Chandra does buck that trend. Um, and it's a card that sees played in multiple formats, so that's nice. But, you know, I'm really picking this card because... Uh, I associate it with this particular Pro Tour where um, it was just really rewarding, I guess. Like Obviously, our team did had an incredibly dominant performance, one of the most dominant uh, team performances in Pro Tour history, I think, with, you know, <laughs> just after Swiss first, second, third, fourth, it's completely wild, and our house win rate was also incredible. But, yeah, and the, and the Chandra was, like, pretty common, but the Chandra light up the night thing was something that only we had and something that you know, I I figured out in testing, and you know, it was it was a bit uphill, right? Because light up the night is kind of a horrible card in general, and has hadn't seen any play leading up to now. And Chandra being printed meant that old card became good, and being able to fit this kind of card, being able to find this kind of card that was like kind of obscure and was now actually good and served an actual purpose in the deck was uh, it was really fun. It was really interesting. It was really rewarding, um, and. It wasn't even just that about the deck, right? Like, it, it's not like I like the deck just because it has this, but the whole, like, when I think of these cards, I think of the process that led us to this deck and led to us being able to play this deck so well. And, uh, yeah, it's, I'm, ve- I'm very proud of our work for that Pro Tour. And that's what Chandra means to me, I guess. So that's why I picked that card. It was the Anthony combo for the PT. Like, it's, yeah. <laughs> at the beginning, it looked like one of these, because Anthony does real a lot, you know, sometimes he has, like, these wild cards or whatever. But this time, the Anthony combo just, you know, just went all the way into all of our decks. <laughs> yeah, I remember playing against uh, uh, Karl Sarup first round of Constructed at this PT, being incredibly ahead with my Grixis deck and just dying out of nowhere to this combo that I heard somehow Nathan was talking about this at, at, at the other side of the table. Uh, I guess he was explaining it to his opponent as well <laughs> and just you know receiving it just a few moments later <laughs> I it was it was definitely an experience and then the next day I ended up playing this card because you personally lent it to me because I was like nobody at the at, among, <laughs> amongst the vendor at the light of the night so I was able to almost uh, qualify at the at the PTQ with uh, with with Javier's deck that uh, how did you end up doing in this top eight I don't remember I lost in quarterfinals because that's what I do, partly. <laughs> oh, to, to yeah. David Olsen? Yes, okay, okay. yes. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, it was, uh, I got Italy into <laughs> right, a track, then, <laughs> Yeah, and then obviously uh, Nathan Stoyer went on winning uh, the Pro Tour uh, against uh, Kane Reinhardt. So, yeah, uh, definitely, a, definitely a great choice. I mean, uh, fantastic dominance. I first to fourth with... Uh, 
But uh, uh, same thing as my question, Druid. Like, no, a card that people had to read because, well, nobody knew this card. I mean, maybe somebody knew it, but it's still, like, it's a PT, so you, you have to double-check <laughs> it, right? So you show the Lexus to your opponent, your opponent goes, what's this card? And you have to show it to your opponent. And that, to me, is something, you know, get a very yeah. good feeling, I think. And this one is so jarring, right? Like, there were a bunch of spots where my opponent was on exactly... I made, like, some ridiculous attack with them at 14, and then I just show them a Chandra and Light of the Night and say 14, and they're like, what? You know, it's just... So it's so dramatic. It's a it's kind of some flair. That's definitely true. And uh, yeah, so what about you, Javier? What was your card of 2023? Mm, well, I think my favorite card for 2023 is the One Ring. I think it's a card that's uh, very interesting. It's also, I mean, it's obviously very powerful. I mean, all the cards in this list are powerful. Uh, but it's also a card that I felt it was very hard to read in terms of like what it meant um, in terms of deck building. Like even now, if we build we build a four color deck in modern, for example, or even a legacy, you know, all these Abdi stock control decks, it's not obvious whether the one ring is good enough or very good in a deck like that, right? And I love this. I think I, I think that a card this good is actually not easy to fit into decks and not easy to say like, I'm gonna play three, I'm gonna play two, I'm gonna play four which is the case of Legacy. And I think this presents an extremely interesting puzzle in terms of deck building. And I love that about Magic deck building. So for me, this one gets, you know, the trophy of the best card. It's like... And of course, uh, this card is... Yeah, go ahead, Anthony. It's such an interesting card that, like, it's somehow both extremely good and extremely overhyped. Like, isn't that... That's kind of awesome, right? Like, it, like again, it speaks a lot to the depth of Magic that it's powerful yet like extremely misunderstood i think i think that it's 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 a lot of fun that way and i mean like when it was first spoiled like people didn't really were not excited at all about this card right so familiar right so familiar because there was one for drop last year also which you know all these things you said now could be the same for one card because for last year (laughs) that's true yeah what do you mean sorry She already, I mean, everything Anthony said now, he said it about the run, running, one ring, but also he could have been saying this about She already. It's actually true, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like extremely powerful, it's extremely misunderstood, it's overhyped, and like people didn't really understand it when it first came out. Like that, that is also ultra of She Aldred. And yeah, to me, and probably also to Javier, like it represents a lot of what we love about competitive magic and how complex it can be under the surface, I think. Um, yeah, anyway, go, go go back. You can go back to schedule. <laughs> yeah, no, I was just saying uh, that this card is obviously tied to your memory of uh, Pro Tour Lord of the Rings, where once again, you ended up first in Swiss. This time it was smarter. So yeah, we're, you're playing Mono Green Tron, a deck that uh, was completely revolutioned uh, at this Pro Tour by your team. And uh, yeah, coming up with only one Chromatic Star, three, where is it? Sylvan Scrying, two Urza Saga. Yeah, this deck that now we know as as it is was completely different uh, like maybe like 10 10 or more slots different than the one that you know uh, Christian Calcano played at, at the same PT so it was very cool uh, event to analyze after and definitely one that you know made a huge impact in the modern format that we don't know it as it is anymore as Fury got banned since that one so uh, definitely you know a lot of the history of magic and Pro Tour Lord of the Ring Barcelona will definitely be a pillar of that since yeah, a lot of things happen in this one. For sure. Uh, yeah, let's 
No, nothing. I just he has something to say. <laughs> uh, no, but it, it's true. Like this card was good in that deck, but for me, the the deep the depth of the ring it's it's similar to Shieldred, really. Where you know the card can be fit in so many different decks. Like obviously, ring is good in Tron, but it's also you know it was supposed to be good in Fall Color Control as well. But also, it was good in Breach. Like it's a multi archetype card. Like you can you can you can play it in very different decks, like Amulet, you know, or the Breach or whatever. But it's also never obvious if it's going to be good or not, because I remember us struggling to decide whether the ring was better than other things in some decks, you know, like control or level way control. And that that's what I like about it. Yeah, definitely. And now we see the ring in beers for Coral Control deck, but I guess not the best time right now for them. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, all right, let's continue. Let's continue the... Questionary. Let's continue the list. All right. So we have the best deck we played. Okay, okay, okay. Um, the best deck we played. All right, I'm still thinking about that one. What about you guys go first? Anthony, what do you have? Well, I think me and Javier are just going to have the same answer, which kind of makes sense because <laughs> we played the same decks at every event this year. And actually, wait, also, not well, probably we played the same deck every <laughs> every year for the last, I don't know how many years. Uh, so for us, it's gonna be Tron. <laughs> I think. Um, I don't know. This was this was really like, I'm I'm not gonna say revolutionary. It was just an evolutionary deck, right? Like, and it felt like we really had something on the field. Like I think our like we had a phenomenal result in the previous Pro Tour with Rakdos midrange, and that was good. And we had like a slightly better version. But I think the way that we had Tron was actually, you know, it's kind of what you think about when you think about someone like coming up with it, like a new version of a deck or really tuning, tuning, tuning a deck. Like, I think our high win rate in the previous PT was just because, I mean, that's just standard. Like, if you have a better version of a deck and you play it better, then you're going to get, you can achieve a higher win rate in that format. But what we did in Modern, I think, is probably more impressive, I think. Um, and it really involved, like, because, you know, in standard, like, the context always changes. You know, oh, there's a new card. Like, maybe we have to rebuild things. But Tron was actually just, like, having to go against so many uh, entrenched ideas. And that was difficult. And we also had to conquer that ick factor, you know? I mean, it's not nothing. You know, there's a reason that a lot of players might be hesitant to register Tron because of certain preconceptions about the deck in various competitive events, right? So, yeah, I think this was... Luck deck. Yeah, yeah, luck deck. Yeah, no, that's that's it. That's exactly... Oh, I can't believe I didn't think of that. Yeah, like, people think of it as a luck deck and don't want to play it or, you know, things like this. And I think, yeah, it was, it was a really impressive choice, I think. This was maybe... I think, for us, I think this is the best. I don't know, Javier can probably elaborate more. He was really... The driving force behind this deck, I think, or this build of the deck, I should say. Well, yeah, for me, the answer is clearly Tron because I actually said it before we played the PT. He like, did, I, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, I said like, "Wow, this is the best deck I've played like in a PT in many years." So, like, so it would be weird if I go now, like, "Yeah, you know, it was bad," and I'll, because you know, I also made topic, which actually obviously helps shaping my perception of the tournament. But I really think this was the best deck for i mean of the year for me at least like from my perspective i mean because yeah it's what anthony said like we did better in minneapolis but it's also like if you have a very good team with a good deck in a standard where you know the gameplay is basically the most important thing like i, th I think the, the the games are played in a in a way where they open so much but in modern it's really a lot about your deck list and you know about your plans and i think this time we had like a very good one yeah Although it's kind of funny that Javier says 
that him top eighting influences. How does that influence your pick when you top eighted multiple times? You still have to choose. Uh, once. Well, that, that is that, that is true. It doesn't even right. have the exact same result. First off, the Swiss, like what's the, losing the quarters? It's the same result. How does the result help you decide? Yeah, I actually think I probably did exactly the same. Yeah, well, you're <laughs> you right. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> yeah, but you know, maybe sometimes like you didn't play any single mirror match, you just crush your opponents, whereas with Rock Dust, it was more like everyone had similar decks, so maybe your list was better, but overall, like, Tron was just different, a complete different archetype, and people just, you know, didn't expect it or thought they had a good matchup, but when they didn't, like... For example, Merc died, or even Scam, I think it wasn't that bad. Yeah, so in a way, I mean, I obviously got extremely lucky in both tournaments, but in a way, yeah, that's that's another way of saying it. It's like, I feel like I needed a little bit less luck to top it with Tron than the amount of luck I needed to top it with Ragdos, which both, there were a, there was a lot of luck there, <laughs> let's be clear, but I feel like this. Yeah, I think that's another way of saying it. For me, it was still a modern deck, because I think that uh, that's definitely the format I played the most. And for me, it was a... It wasn't like a big event or anything. It was a last chance qualifier uh, on Magic Online, which, you know, let me play the first my first ever uh, Mox playoff. Uh, and that was the one with Rakdoscam. So this was just right after Lord of the Ring has been printed. Uh, and uh, Orkish Bowmaster... And people really didn't... Um, didn't understand how, how strong was Orkish Bowmaster in Modern. Like, it's funny to say right now, but, like, everyone thought it was going to be a bomb in Legacy. There was no doubt in that one. But in Modern, people really didn't expect the card to be good. And I remember people be like, oh, wow, like, you know, Young Dingo put Orkish Bowmaster in Rakdos Cam over Dothivoid Walker, you know, uh, some, something like that. And so, for example, if you look at my list that I uh, 5 0 with, uh, that last chance qualifier, I had three Bowmaster main one side because I didn't even know how how good that card was. And, you know, I'm sure that many other players also played like two of them in that uh, in particular weekend because that was like, I think, um, I mean, it was the 4th of July. I don't know when was the pre release of the Lord of the Ring, but again, uh, this was. Like, me trying this card out for the first time, and yeah, super impressed. The card was fantastic, mostly to prey on the ring. And then the weekend after, there was the LMS Bologna, where Rakdos Cam you know, won the whole thing with, like, putting, um, just basically just beating all the uh, all the one ring decks overall. And then now becoming the best deck for, uh, in my power rankings on Channel Fire, but for six months until uh, last weekend, they had the bandy. Sorry, last month they banned the the Fury, which now makes opens the metagame a little bit uh, in 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 regards of the best deck in modern and and Scam isn't that one anymore. But yeah, this is my uh, best deck uh, for 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 the modern format. Just just you know playing Scam before anyone else did was definitely a very powerful feeling. And then this deck ended up winning the Pro Tour on a different level because he wasn't playing Sizzle Pyromancer anymore, but Fable. Because Season Pyro, of course, is super bad against Orc. So, you know, you don't want to play the mirror match when you have uh, Orc and they in play and you just can't cast Season Pyro and uh, and and various things like that. So, yeah, Rakdos Cam ended up becoming a big deal, but it was fun to play it before it was a big deal, basically. <laughs> yeah, I have one question, though, here. I mean, it's a little bit off topic, but it's about Orcish Masters. Uh, we... Once we knew how the card worked, it basically became like a far off in most decks. Do you guys think it's a far off because it's so good? 
Oh, this is a far off because playing three is weird because it's actually good in multiples. Hmm. I don't know if that's something that's easy to answer on the fly, though. I think though, it's but... like... <laughs> I mean, it's it's fine in multiples. I don't think it's... It's not really like Fable or whatever that stacks like really well, right? Like, it's just good. Um... I would so say it's probably, I, think, I think it's not so much that. I, I I would say it's just the quality of the card that is the reason that it's a 4 of. Okay. What about you, Mango? Yeah. Do you agree? So I think that being a cheap card, like maybe, uh, how to say, like if you decide that a card is like good enough that you play three of in your constructed deck, then I think the number three versus four depends on the on the mana cost. Like for example, you don't play you know, four shield because they are a four drop. So I think that if you decide that a card is good enough, playing and, and it's a one or a two drop, I think playing four makes sense. So if we decide that Orkish Bowmaster is just a fantastic card, you know, legacy power level, then it should just be a four of. And I don't know why I thought it was a three of plus one in the sideboard. So, well, yeah. I, I would, would you never ever register like one copy of a mana dog? Like, so if, if so cheap cards, you know, you always want to play more, right? So would, you would never register like one Jaspera Sentinel or something? <laughs> I mean, that would be like the fifth. Uh, that would be like the fifth. Uh, no, no, of no, 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 no. I just mean straight up. What they do? Just straight up. One Jasper Sentinel. That's all. It's not what. The, it's not the story. No, it's, I'm not. I'm just asking whether it's a thing you do. He's he's mocking me. I'm not mocking I you. I was. It he, can't really be mockery when I was on board I, with it. Oh, that's true. Well, <laughs> the talisman. I, okay, I guess the new the new way of asking I mean, the question the is Jasper. The Jasper is is not a good card. So you play one. <laughs> well, it's similar to Talisman of uh, Resilience, Black yeah. Green on Tron. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but So you don't play 4 because it's not good enough in the deck. That's what you mean. But, but you yeah. play 4 yeah. Stirrings. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I just, yeah, I f- I just don't want to make I feel like it. it's all, yeah, it's all about the power level of the card. And I guess, it, again, that weekend in Modern, nobody played Orkish Bowmaster because people didn't think it was like, oh, it, there's no Brainstorm upon there. There's mm-hmm. no reason for you to play Bowmaster. And then, you know, and then the met, and then just magic evolves and deck building evolves, and now everyone—not everyone, but you know, Yogmoth, Scam play four, and they would never play three, or even Zoo plays uh, Orkish Bowmaster, something like that. Yeah, that's, that's the way I'm asking. You said like they never play three, and that's that's interesting, right? Because also, if they play four, I'm not sure if you would like to play less so they don't get killed, or you should play more because then you can kill the Bowmasters. It's kind of weird. Like, yeah. Which means it's probably good design, right? Like, if, if the car, a card presents these questions and they're not easy to answer, that's probably also good work. Also, in Scam, and I guess in Yogamoth as well, they're good because they do something else. Like, for example, in Scam, what it does is you have Feign Death and Dang Malice, not that after all, like, effects that actually make it even better. Like, you want as many Enter the Battlefield effects as possible because they just work well with your combat tricks or, or whatever. Um, and Yogmoth, of course, you sacrifice them to the Grist, and you know have a million uh, um, abilities there as well. So, just uh, not just a str- not just like in Legacy, for example, you play them in Grixis Delver or you play them in Blue Black Murktide. They're just mer- they're just a card, you know, a card that is good for what it does. But in these archetypes, they're even better. I mean, I'm, we're not here to explain why Orkish Master is good in modern, I think. <laughs> no, yeah, but you're just, but, we're just talking about, yeah. like, why, you know, you're, you like it, right? Like, you, you like that there's... Like, in modern, the synergy matters a little bit more than in Legacy, where, like, yeah. it's just an incredible effect on rate. Where at modern, you need to get a little bit more out of it. 
which I'm not sure if that's true, but I kind of get well, I get what you're saying though. I, I like I it. I was yeah. I was actually I was actually uh, considering choosing Orchish Bowmaster as my favorite card of uh, 2023, although it kind of nerfed the power level of my my pet deck, which is Blue Red Merktide. Although in this past uh, days, uh, your teammate Stefan Schultz won the modern PTQ with Blue Red Merktide, so that gave me a little bit of hope. A beacon of hope. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you can blame me because I felt like asking this question maybe was a little bit off topic, but I think it's reasonable, right? To, to oh, do because you, yeah. you see the all all deck lists. Sometimes you can learn things from all deck lists. So I thought this yeah. was a good opportunity. Also, like it must be so sick, like these weekends, these first these early points, but you can be like you can be the only person who has four orc orcish bowmaster in their deck because you're the only one in the tournament who knows it's good. Or like, you know, at some point someone's the only person who has the one ring in their deck, or the only person who knows that Shieldred is good, or the only person that knows how strong mm-hmm. Fury is. Like, at some point, someone was the first to do these things, right? Because they weren't from the start. It must be, like, so awesome to to get to be that, you know? It seems... Yeah, I remember <laughs> when someone played four four copies of The One Ring in an Omnath deck at the beginning, and everyone was like, oh, no way you can play four The One Ring and four Omnath. Like, that just must be wrong. Like And everyone was just playing, like, three ring or two rings. Uh, I remember those uh, initial, uh, I think with Modern Horizons 2, that was the clearest though, like the mm. deck building level of Modern Horizons 2, because like, you know, you, we know how you had like 20 cars that were good in Modern Horizons 2, and I mean, Fury was like 10 euro for the first two months, and <laughs> and Grief, and this deck, Ragnar Scam wasn't discovered until... Uh, I don't know, like six six months or more into the format. So it's super cool to look back in modern and being like, why did people not think about this before? Well, I can understand why they would not think about this scam deck. Like it's actually extremely unintuitive. <laughs> so like, I could <laughs> yeah. see why it will take time. Like, I mean, actually, the first persons building this deck, they are, I mean, very good builders because that's a good, that's a good idea. Like just to think of the undying evil plus elementals plus being a mid range deck together. That's good work. Yeah, I remember a tr- long time ago, I played the Reckless Camp for the first time that somebody won a challenge with. I played it in a league. I went 5-0, and in the comment, the person that won was like, you know you could have, like, turned one Fury against, like, Tron or whatever. I don't remember who I played against. Like, why didn't you do it? I'm like, what do you mean, turn one Fury? Like, I didn't even... <laughs> I didn't even think that that was a possibility. Like, I didn't have the idea, what? the concept, that Fury... Could have been scammed on turn one with no targets. You oh, know? because yeah, because that was just something that nobody has, has ever done before. Like you scam grief or ephemeral grief, sure, because you get the A to B, but yeah. Fury just like a dude four four death uh, double strike. That's not easy to 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 think of. <laughs> All right, maybe we should keep going with the mango questions. Oh yes, yeah, let's keep on going. But again, this is this is super cool to go down and. In memory lane of the the 2023 that that happened and definitely rack the scam was the biggest uh, uh the biggest deal of, of the year um okay so now we have another one that isn't necessarily tied about cards but it's more about events or as i call the memory what is your best memory of 2023 let's just say magic related if you um you this one right? i have a, i have an answer ready mm-hmm. So uh, I guess I, I can start now. Uh, um, and this was for me the uh, topic run of my friend Christian Calcano. Uh, we talked about Proto Lord of the Rings before. We haven't talked about him, but uh, Christian Calcano alongside with Marco Del Pivo 
and uh, uh, Dominic Harvey were both in my team, and in particular, Pivo and Kalk are two great friends of mine, and seeing them in the top eight of an uh, elite event like this was just fantastic. And, uh, you know, despite we all know Kalk and everything, this was just his second PT top eight, so he was uh, definitely, um, yeah, it was just... A, incredible for me. Also, I was chosen by uh, Wizards to do the uh, live commentary at the Magicon Barcelona, which is something that I haven't done before. So like I was actually commentating in front of, I don't know, hundreds of people. It was super emotional moments for me. And uh, those will remain my best memory, even though, of course, I had some personal success, like the uh, Vegas gp thing or you know some uh, the the rc top four and everything but at this point just celebrating a great friend of mine wins uh i don't know it feels like more special than my own success because he did something that uh yeah i was just able to celebrate with whereas you know how when you play you can't really celebrate too much maybe at the end when you win but sometimes like i am still too much uh, how do you say, um, nerfed by my emotion to be able to celebrate properly, even if even after the success. But actually seeing your friend like draw step after draw step and like could, you know, you could celebrate when he found the line with the Aware Might killing its own ring and you could scream when the opponent went Dothy Void Walker into grief to take the Ulamog. Just made that whole like hour of show the best memory of 2023 for me. Yeah, it sounds awesome, honestly. I definitely get what you mean by, like, you know, like, a, a lot of the time after an event, like, yeah, you know, you you don't fully process it immediately, I think. That's that's kind of what you're talk getting at, right? You're talking about uh, maybe not nerf was maybe not the right, maybe, like, numb. Is that what you meant? Like, you're a bit numb. Numb, but, yeah, yeah, the perfect, perfect word. Yeah, yes. I, I definitely get it. Yeah, like, yeah, and Calc is kind of the everyman, right? Like, everybody... Loves Calc, and I think it, 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 kind of everyone can relate to him. I think that's the thing. Like, it doesn't matter like whether you're you know one of the hashtag elitist pros or like whether you're just like a regular person at FNM or like a grinder. You can probably relate to Calc, right? And that's not true for very many people in the Magic world. I think just everybody can love Calc. So like, it's a really good hero to get behind, you know. But for me personally, you know, I, I uh, you know, I, I I would say Calc was probably not my favorite pick to win in this top eight. You know, because I'm a very loyal uh, podcast co-host, so I was uh, obviously rooting for Javier more. But you know, if it wasn't for Javier, I think Calc everybody would want to vote for everybody would want to hope for uh, hope for Calc to win, right? Um, oh, in in Javier's defense, when I woke up, like Javier. Uh, Pivo, they, they they had already lost basically. The, the <laughs> round one finished so quickly <laughs> that when I arrived at the when I arrived at the location, I uh, the 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 <laughs> Calc had already won against uh, Kai Buddha three zero. Pivo had already lost three one against Jake Bursley, and I think you, Javier, did you also lose three one or three? Yeah, it was fast. It was, it was fast. fast. Yeah, so when I arrived, I didn't even have time to 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 root for Javier <laughs> Pivo and. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Next time I will try to play longer in a top eight if there is another top eight. Yeah. <laughs> You'll say if there's oh, another yeah, for one. Sure. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I think I think there'll be another one of yeah. <laughs> you know, mm, just statistically. You know. Yeah, I don't know about that. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. Alright, so yeah, this is my, my best memory. Uh what about you, Anthony? 
Uh, I guess, yeah, for me, like, I don't know, it's been, like, a lot, right? Because, uh, I definitely agree with what you say. Like, it actually feels easier to celebrate in someone else's wins because of that, um, emotional balance, I would say. And Javier has given me many opportunities <laughs> to be happy for his wins, because he wins a lot. But I guess I would, for me, I guess I have to pick, uh, uh making, making the top eight and then top four of worlds. It was just, the event was just so much fun for me. I loved all of my opponents so much i was having a great time it was also maybe it was also kind of wild that it was the one time that javier had you know he he had declared it to be so you know he said you will top eight this one you know and i did and i was like Man, he's, he's some kind of witch or something this is weird this is just weird he just knows but yeah i mean like for me this was in, like my, in my defense i'm not the kind of guy that says this every tournament he doesn't yeah that's why it was weird because he's never said that before and this time he was just like yeah it's this one I mean, yeah, he's just a witch. <laughs> I mean, we can claim that there's some more rational explanation, like he had like an actual reason or whatever, but I prefer to just call Javier a witch because that's that's the vibe, you know, that I get from this. But yeah, it was my first big, uh, big result, I think. Um, and I was, yeah, it was, it was, it was really great. It was very gratifying. Like at the time, it was, you know, kind of, uh, it, it, it was, it, it took a little while to sink in, but, you know, getting all that support from people afterward was really, yeah, it made me feel good, I guess. I was, uh, very happy to hear all that and yeah i was i was happy i was uh very happy to be able to validate javier's prediction so it was good yeah um not that much to say about it i guess i top four a, to- a big tournament and i was happy but other than that like <laughs> yeah like, javier like getting back to back first was just incredible like um outside of like my own things like each of our team's super dominant performances this year after PT Phyrexia was I don't know I'm, I'm very proud of our team I think probably more so than of anything I've done myself because we just kind of killed it so if I could pick maybe I would pick the whole if I could pick the whole team's performance over the year maybe that work I mean that's not really one memory but that's how I feel about the events overall yeah I mean you actually yeah I my mean, memory was going to be this one like the Anthony uh Top what? eight, but it's I guess yeah. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> I, Mengu asked us to think of memory, and that's the first one that came to my mind. You know, like that. That's how you can like that's how I actually think it's easy to tell the memory because oh, wow. the first thing that comes to your mind is the one that actually you know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, other than that, for me, the second one is um, the PT top eight of March of the Machines hmm. because it is true that I had had to top eight this um, this year. But the first one was the one where I, you know, got to scream the most because it was the one of like, well, maybe I can still do it because, uh, you know, Anthony believes in me, but I don't believe in me as much. And, and this one had this, you know, addition of like this meaning of like, well, maybe I can still be good enough the magic to make topics and as such. And Definitely. that's, that's what made this, this one special in that regard. Uh, also, Mengu told me he could hear me celebrating from the other side of the room as well. <laughs> if you remember that, Mengu. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember. I was battling in my like six nine bracket, and I and I was able to come to watch you immediately as you as you finish screaming. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I know. I mean, I just actually I was I was wandering around and I heard somebody screaming. I turned around. It was like this like big guy in a red hoodie. Who's Javier in most tournaments, and uh, 
He just uh, beat uh, uh, you beat the um, Nathan Stoyer, right? Yeah, and then also winning, uh, seeing Nathan um, win the tournament, celebrating it. Like it's it's been a very intense year, so yeah. definitely yeah, a lot of memories. Won Pro Tour, yeah, exactly. Pro Tour Perexia, exactly. It was, he won, it was he ended winning the PT. Yeah, no, Pro Tour uh, Marshall Machines. He top eight at the PSPT. PT. He won this one. Yeah. Oh right, 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 yeah. right, right. Sorry, I got confused. And yeah, I mean, it's been a great year, but yeah, those those are the first memories that actually came to my mind. Yeah. The um, definitely a great year. What about Pertur? Uh, per actual bit one. Do you guys? Because I wasn't there. I wasn't even at the Magic Con. Do you guys had any like memory that was like the first Pro Tour after COVID? Like anything that uh, you know you have. Want to share now? Well, just, we talked plenty of the other three. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, go ahead, Anthony. Yeah, I mean that that pro tour. I mean the event itself didn't go as well for us. Like Javier did well. Um, our team did overall didn't do that well in that PT. But it was so much fun. Like to return to, like for me, the memories of that pro tour are not related as much to the pro tour. Even though we did have Nate top eight and Javier top sixteen, it was way more about the experience of returning to Paper Magic. For me like that was like the, the return of the tabletop pro tour that's what pro, that's what pro tour forexia was to me like it was huge and you know the return of things like the testing houses that was like a great experience to finally meet people like pv you know that's kind of it was awesome you know I, I really enjoyed it and it was kind of a confirmation that you know competitive magic is really back right that was pro tour forexia is a little below what yeah uh, near the bottom up a little a little <laughs> bit more there you go <laughs> Um, yeah, it was a it was yeah. quite a tournament. Also, yeah, I remember. I mean, it was the first paper PT in a while, and yeah, for me, it was a little bit like Anthony, where it was just like, it's good to be back in a way, you know. Like we went back to competitive magic, getting all these PT feelings. You when you start a PT, it's always unique, and yeah, even if a tournament didn't go very well for me either, it was. It was very fun and yeah, just getting to meet all these people and I mean, we actually started to have this bonds with the team uh, that actually went went to work so well in the future, right? The future yeah. which is now. And that's also a, uh, an important moment, at least personally, I think it was an important moment for me and and well, it was the time where Anthony thought we might play the different deck. Yeah, that didn't happen. Also, classic Javier, but I'm just going to call Javier out here. Kind of, the tournament didn't go, well that, go that well for me. Hey, Mango, can you scroll down? Oh, look, it's Javier Dominguez in 19th place. A classic a classic tournament not going that well for you, you know? And Had it's also play. a tournament where I, I remember being... Um, I think I was other one too, I think. Uh, yeah, you did, with the Raska. Yeah. I also had like a very good deck, and it went 0-2. I remember my opponent, because it was open deck list. I remember my opponent in match three... Looking at the deck list, looking at me like, <laughs> you know, like, 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 what's this? <laughs> yeah. And I remember being like one, two, whatever, or two, two. I mean, like, well, this is, I mean, okay. Keep in mind, I was not qualified for anything. Right. And I barely qualified for PT for Exia. So I, my, my approach was like, this could easily be my last PT ever. I'm just going to have fun and just enjoy the games as much as I can. And just, you know, that's it. Uh, think of nothing else. Like take off a little bit of pressure. I usually play or used to play with a lot of pressure on myself, playing PTs and such, like, in terms of competition. I just went more like, I'm just going to enjoy this and just talk to people in between rounds, which, you know, uh, that's something I never used to do before. It was a different PT for me compared to all the PTs before, which related to 
relates to the memory of PT Minneapolis where I made the top eight and it felt like that good. And yeah, this was the PT where I went like, let's have fun. And I eventually came back to a decent finish. It's better, Anthony. Decent is good. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it was, it was, I was thinking that's a good memory, you know, also. Yeah. Didn't you guys also play in the 2-2 bracket in Bar- in Barcelona? Yep. We that's when you said, in the... Yeah, when you, he mentioned the Tron Mirror, I was like, yeah, Javier definitely did play a Tron Mirror. <laughs> it was yeah, so Yeah, we played the Tron Mirror, yeah. I think it was 2-2 two two or 3-2, the... I don't know. Yeah. Two, two. It was not like very high. Low t- yeah. Low tables, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't horrible. Well, the tournaments, you know, it's about how they end, not about how they start. Yeah, it was It was good. It was It was good. Um... I, I remember a judge walking past and like not being sure if we were supposed to be there because it looked like we were just playing a casual game in the Pro Tour Hall because they were like, you know, this this is not very serious vibes. <laughs> like, And I ca- casually mulligan to four or to three and turn three card you. Yeah, it was so good as well. Like, he drew his first three and then like drew his fourth card. He's like, keep! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, great. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good tournament. Honestly, all tournaments. Yeah, it really been, was. Yeah. Yeah, they're being good, and, you know. Yeah, just... Uh, What's your favorite event of the year, Mengu? For you? My favorite event of the year was... Uh, okay, outside of the Four Seasons, which will always <laughs> be my favorite event of the year. Uh, something I would never miss, but, yeah, that's where let's stay in the competitive realm here. Um, for me, personally, the one that I played was the uh, GP Sealed in uh, Vegas. Like, I practiced a lot for that one with the guys, um, with the team, uh, worldly counts that I joined in Barcelona. And, uh, yeah, I ended up just top hating a 1,500 people, 1,500 people event to qualify to the next BT, which I kind of gave up on. I wasn't even going to play at the uh, regional championship. And, yeah, so that was kind of a surprise. I... I would say that uh, my, you know, I enjoy playing competitive magic, definitely do, but I have, uh, I I spend way less time on it now than I did in the past. So if you guys are still like, you know, testing primarily for PT as like your first like main thing, uh, I change now. So I, I don't do that anymore. So being able to still do that uh, because I tested like two weeks fully on that one was very satisfying like i could still do something that i thought i wasn't even going to try anymore on so uh yeah that is personally my my success and you know my goal for 2024 will be to do well at uh, pt chicago and hopefully to qualify for the next one but it's it's definitely hard with all the other project that i have and maybe now we can segue into the um, what to improve and, and you know a good uh What's the word exactly? Good, um, good intention or oh, good resolution? Okay, uh, I have it. Yeah, yes. write this down. Yep. Forty-two. Um, okay, I'll continue. I have it as a uh, 2024 resolution uh, of next year to be able to be a, a successful YouTuber because I'll be starting at this new project, which I've been hinting a lot on recently, but haven't have haven't uh, officially talked about it yet. And it is the the new YouTube channel that I'll be starting. So next year, I'm going to be finally playing Paper Magic as my YouTube channel. And that is going to be my biggest project. I hope it's, you know, going to have a great success. I hope to reach a ton of, uh, you know, views and subscribers and so on. So that will be my personal uh, 2024 year's resolution. And if I do well at the Pro Tours and etc. qualify to Worlds, that's fantastic. But, you know, my, my priorities are... Uh, 
definitely changed since uh, the before COVID uh, uh, days. Damn, that's kind what of you, Anthony. That's, that's hype. I don't know. I, I think that's cool though. You know, like it's something distinct, and I'm kind of excited to see because I mean, Mangu's always like loved paper magic more than um, online magic. I mean, he likes magic online, and he doesn't like arena that much, but he like has always loved paper magic right that's where a lot of his passion for magic comes so seeing mangu actually uh like actually translate that into what he wants to do i think is it's awesome right so i don't know i guess i guess i wanted to say that before i talk about what i would think about for a 2024 uh resolution um i don't know i'm not really into like new year's resolutions you know i'm just like if i want to do something i would just do that like why would i gate it behind a year um well you can think of like what do you want to f improve for next season and because seasons actually actually matter so yeah okay that's another so, way all right of framing um, it. Yeah. okay in that case uh in terms of like what to improve as a player or just in general or hmm. it's your answer there's not a wrong answer wow this <laughs> is i don't know <laughs> i guess as a player i mean there are, there are obviously aspects that i would want to improve on but you know i'm very happy to kind of just keep doing what we've been doing i would i would love for our team to keep uh, i want to i want to contribute as much as i can to our team um and i'm very happy uh doing that at all levels of the game right like i felt really involved trying to help out for the most recent american rc i feel like i would be really well doing that going forward i'm very happy to keep helping out for all the pro tours i want my team to do as well as possible uh including and especially javier i guess so yeah i'm not sure if like you know, I mean, in terms of like what I would want to improve as a player, that's like a whole other thing. That's that's like kind of long and technical. I have something that maybe your answer, of course, uh, feel free to disagree with this, but maybe you want to improve to like travel more outside of just the tournaments because I know that for the the PT Chicago, you're gonna stay around a lot more, right? So ah. that could be something that uh, I know that you've you know you talked about. Yeah. Oh, I'm actually going to do that. Yeah. Discord about. Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to do that. Traveling yeah. and etc. So that could be like, I mean, for me personally, I'd love to like travel more and stay around. Like, I believe that you come before Chicago for like one week and a half, and then you stay furthermore. So it's pretty cool, right? Oh yeah, that's. I, I didn't even think about it. Yes, that is something that I'm going to do. I mean, I don't know. I don't know because I didn't think of it as a resolution because I've. It's a thing that I already decided I was going to do, and it feels like a resolution has to be a thing. That you're, mm. I'm not really sure, but yes, you're right. That is something I'm going to do. That it's something that I wanted to do before, didn't do, and I'm going to do now. So, I guess that works. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> you you knew my answer all along, even before I did. <laughs> no, I don't know. No, it's true though. I, was, uh, I had this. Yeah, yeah, I I was thinking about oh, it. But I didn't know. I you're right it though. <laughs> all right, mm. Javier. I mean, it's a tricky question, uh, but I do think like I have some, some aspects to improve as a player specifically. I mean, on a personal level, I'm very happy where I am in terms of magic. I think I have a decent balance between how much I enjoy the game I'm playing for fun and how much I try to compete well. So I will, I will hope that to stay the same, but... I will, it's kind of weird to say this, but I would like to work a little bit more on the technical level. Like, I felt like this year I could have technically played better, uh, also known as playing better, but not, not the specific, not, not playing better, like, overall, but just, like, working more, once again, on playing the game well, 
supposed to like playing to understand the the formats and the such which I think you have to usually when I test I, I go in one of the directions either I'm playing to understand or to learn and I was like well it's better to use the time to actually um, understand things better but now I feel like I should go back a little bit to that like I should go at least one or two like I think of those as muscle up periods where you know you just draft a bunch I know Anthony did this uh, recently like i think i have to do this once or twice next year next season one once i find time not too much because overdoing this might actually you know create some burnout situations but i think i should focus a little bit on that because even though okay this year was great decks were great teammates were great uh but my i think my technical play got a little bit you know it could be better in some small situations and i'm not particularly happy about those and they're like the kind of situations where I didn't play very well because maybe I didn't I didn't play enough to make sure I'm sharp playing. So that's something I want to try to improve a little bit. And also a little bit of the mental game as well. I made so many mistakes that are, were not only maybe technical mistakes, but also like mental game mistakes where I will be not as focused in the things that will matter in certain situations. Some matches come to mind. And I think that's something i have to work on it's not very easy but i'm gonna really try my best and you know make sure anthony can can keep making fun of me every time i say this could be my last pt yeah well <laughs> yeah i mean I, I think i'm very much in the same boat like about it's just something that i feel like we've just constantly been working at like it didn't feel new but you're right like it's definitely something that we all could or especially for both of us to keep working on right like just improving as players because we've definitely had holes and you don't know it's kind of sick as well that we had like such a great year as a, as a whole but then we still know that we did stuff that we could have done better right and that's again something that we really love about competitive magic i think so it's gonna yeah, be a lot it's, of fun yeah i think uh, we have quite a bit to do i'm gonna say it in another way i'm gonna say in a way where other people maybe it's get and um, get it easier it's like imagine we're sports player like soccer player or whatever and i think i was a little bit short on cardio this year if that makes sense you know like i feel we worked a lot and very well on this sport specifically but maybe we needed a little or i personally needed a little bit more of like overall strength in terms of like playing the game that that's maybe a way i will phrase it better so it's easier to understand yeah an analogy yeah that makes sense yeah it's something that we've thought about before i didn't, I didn't want to get too into it because i was afraid that you know it's a really really deep topic um you know the the, dif the differentiation that we draw between um training as players and just testing for formats but yeah absolutely that's the answer, Mengu. The official answer. That, that's the official answer. Okay, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that's a good uh, one. All right. What about uh, what about content creation? Do you guys plan on doing something next year, or just uh, stick to the podcast, which is, you know, of course, uh, dedication uh, every uh, Tuesday, usually afternoon, we record. Plus, you know, we have our Patreon where uh, a lot of people uh, uh, ask us things. So you know, that's also creating some content, answering here and there. Do you plan on doing something like uh, like you did last year or either this year or more? Um I mean we 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 will we will, we will do we will do more than we did last year, I would say. I don't know if we okay. I don't know if we can I don't think we can, I don't think we can address specifics yet, but um yes, we we will do more than we did last year. 
a little bit nice, more. Nice. And on yeah, top not a of lot that, more. I will also yeah. try to sneak a Spanish streamer too. You know, I like to do this once in a while. I actually wanted to do some um, on Christmas. And I actually still plan to do one on Christmas. Uh, but you know, Christmas in Spain lasts until 6th of January. So wow. it's about time. <laughs> Why do you get so much Christmas? Because we do like long festivities. It's like the country stops in August. Like the whole country stops in but August. Did you say August? August? Yeah, it's like we, we like long festivities, long holiday periods. That's it. We, we have this uh, tradition of the three wise men on 6th January. So basically, holidays go from 24 to 7. Like 7 people go back to work. Some people. Oh, well, okay. From <laughs> not, not everyone has I, the full two-week stop, but like sorry, kids I, do, for example. I misunderstood. I thought you were saying that your Christmas was from August to January. No, no. I no, was like, no, what? No, I mean, <laughs> no, I meant like we like long holidays. Like in, okay, holiday, okay. in Spain, like, you know, the whole August is like, you know, you go to places and things are whatever because right, it's August, right. you know. So, yeah. <laughs> so here's the same. Like you go to a place now and maybe it's closed because, you know, it's 28 or whatever. So, yeah. Damn, okay. Yeah, no, definitely. If you have an excuse to do a festivity with some religion festivities in the middle as an excuse, that is that is the perfect uh, Italian and Spanish uh, way to just think about life, not just, you know, working every day, but thinking about the festivities. Like you have those to release you from the work of everyday life. Yeah, but other than that, like definitely my, my goal is still going to be being a magic player, like being as much competitive as I can. Like, as good as I can be, yeah, yeah. definitely. Like definitely, even if if I do a little bit more content, it's still always going to be something I do when I don't have to compete, like when I have I have a PT or whatever. It's never gonna, I'm gonna never gonna be like saying, okay, I'm not gonna test for the PT because I'm gonna make this content. So it's still gonna have this hierarchy where where competition goes first. Yeah, but I'm sure that the Rakdos uh, the video that you made after the PT Pereksha or the Tron article. Or Anthony's Golgari guide, very much appreciated. And you know, uh, just wanted to say that uh, it's cool that uh, content creator aren't just a content creator, but also pro players that happen to want to make content. And I think uh, as a uh, competitive player that wants to consume content from actual pro player is super cool because you know, as much as um, yeah, as much as I do it, I know that sometimes the the content that I put out is just not as valuable as yours uh, after a premiere event where we test countless of hours for. So uh, well, there's definitely a difference between uh, I, these things. I, I don't know. I mean, that, that that's very subjective. I mean, value is, I mean, I don't, I don't think I would say that. I, I don't, I mean, I think what we have to say might be more valuable to specific people who are looking for specific things, but I mean, I just wouldn't say that's overall more, more or less valuable. I mean, it's different. It's yeah, like a whole yeah, different thing. I just don't think, right? Like, I just would not frame it that way. Yeah. Like, I can agree that the guy that I make after a PT is it has more insight in the matter, but it doesn't. It doesn't make it more valuable or better. It just makes a different product. It's like you know, a book that says more things is not necessarily a better book than another one that says less things but says better. Well, it's just more of a I'm textbook. Like, I don't yeah, know. exactly. Like a textbook is better if you want to learn, but like, not everybody wants to read a textbook. You know, like that doesn't make the tech, textbook better. It only makes it better if you want that. If you want that a textbook, people just want to have a cyber guide. <laughs> yeah, like maybe that's true. Yeah, I don't know. Like that's that, that's actually a thing, right? Yeah, like, that's a fair point. Yeah, for real. 
Yeah, they don't want to. They don't want to read an eighty pages uh, guide about the deck. They just want to have a cyber guide about the deck. Yeah, like um, if you want to play a tournament, and have fast information, a uh, long, you know, complex deck guide is not for you. And a fast cyber guide is what you need. And those are different things, and they have different moments and different like you know, content consumers. So there's no yeah, better. Yeah, or definitely. Worse. Yeah. I I specialized in the quick and the quick deck guides rather than the deep. Um, reasons why you would play one chromatic star versus <laughs> yeah but it's something a lot of people uh, want you know so we need we need yeah. both no no yeah for sure for sure i'll be i'll continue to make cyber guide about uh stock decks for next year <laughs> that that will not change and i think that uh yeah also one thing they do that is super fun and i'm so happy to do it every every month it's the power rankings so it's the end of December. So yesterday I made the power rankings for Chan Fireball. I made that 20, 25 minutes video explaining everything that I have to say. And it was for me super cool. Like that's one of my honestly just coolest project that I started doing. Uh, uh, I think it was actually started in 2022, but I'm definitely super happy about that. And yeah, Chan Fireball gave me the platform for, and uh, yeah, so stay tuned for the, <laughs> the monthly power rankings. I like it. I'm a fan of the power rankings. Like, a lot of people like it, but I also like it. It's a very graphic thing, you know, a very graphic way of seeing the formats if you're not following them too much. And even if you're following, you can be like, oh, I don't agree with this. And and it's still still fun to to look at it. So keep going. Yeah. Yeah, it's also like, yeah, something, it's definitely hard to come up with uh, the exact, uh, this is better than that. Uh, type of uh, type of list. Yeah, I think okay. we're, we're good. Do, do you have any other Christmas wishes or any other uh, you know special thing to it's say the 28th. about? We're recording this on the twenty eighth. You can't make Christmas wishes on the twenty. That's not how Christmas works. It is Christmas in Spain. So here, you know, from my chair, it is Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Mango. Merry Christmas, all the listeners from Spain. But it's still Christmas. You. S- you still have all the Christmas tree and our Christmas decoration. We do. Those we do. Down, we do until seven. We will stop celebrating Christmas. Yeah. Like Christmas isn't just a day. It's just a, a season, you know? It is. I guess. went for a walk today and it was like all the trees and all the lights. Like they're going to be there until seven. So Merry Christmas. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I want to say here, like, I'm very excited for next season, actually. It's uh, a friend of mine joked uh, with me, like, two days ago. <laughs> they were like, Javier, that's too many months for you without a PT. And I actually agree. And I'm just very excited to just start working. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been playing a little bit less of Magic last month, but now I'm, like... Gearing up. Uh, Good to know. I, I, oh. I, 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 I am. I am. I have the fire ready for you, Anthony. I, I am, uh, you know, I can't wait to play a bunch and, you know... Lose to all different decks. Yeah, that, that's it. <laughs> that's how we do it. Yeah, that's Ooh, that's right. my that's my Christmas message. You know, I want to play Magic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did you guys see the 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 graphic uh, about uh, enjoying Magic? I think we all interacted with it on Twitter. Did we? Uh, about uh, uh, how fun is Magic to play on what side of the graphic? And skill at magic. Oh, I didn't interact and with this. This graphic. Oh, because you never interact. It's, so it's you interacted on Discord. You interacted. On Discord. Oh yeah, I didn't interact <laughs> with this on Twitter because there's no dislike button. That's why. That's right. But yeah, uh, apparently a lot of people like this because uh, I guess because 
it's common to dunk on professional magic players and, and uh, but anyway <laughs> and I, I don't think this is, this is dunking right this is more like saying that if you want to get very good at magic you actually will enjoy the game less um well no the way i read it is more like oh pro players don't enjoy magic they just do it for yeah, money yeah no i mean I, i don't even think that i just think i don't know i think they just don't really get it I, I, I I don't know. Like, there's just no reason it should be like this. Like, I think you could probably guess that based on you know the the vine trench. I think is a real thing where like there's a certain um, level at which there's a lot more toxic behavior. But I just don't really think that applies to how much you enjoy it at the end. And I don't know. Well, it's <laughs> more like, it's like, like, like think, what is there to say? Like, if you ask, yeah, if you ask someone on the very high percentage of like skill in magic or whatever like 0.01% or what i'm pretty sure they will not agree with this graph because you never like i don't think you ever get to be extremely good at the game if you don't enjoy it you just cannot like how are you going to get so high in the skill level if you hate it like it's, it just doesn't magic doesn't work that way it would just leave say. like none yeah, of us are doing it for just, the money like, we, we could all do other I, things i, I just think this graphic is i think it's fun slash decent twitter content or whatever but i think it just like could not be like it's just not true yeah why is it fun i don't yeah. get it. anyway yeah because anyway, it, we it, fun. it enhances conversations for people they're like oh this this thing one other thing all of these things that anthony doesn't does not like yeah that's just me though <laughs> it's not really representative yeah, we will keep on uh, having fun in magic, hopefully raising the uh, skillet magic and the final magic uh, line, like, you know, going uh, this way. But um, that's going to be it for this episode. And I guess for 2023, shall we? Yeah, um, see you Sounds next good. year. Some, yeah. Someone had to make the joke and, you know, it had to be me, I guess. That so, makes, see yeah, you next year. Kind of, yeah, and also... Yeah, I want to say also that you can join the Patreon at patreon.com slash carnies to join the Discord. And uh, yeah, that's it. Happy 2024, I guess. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Mm -hmm.